0: today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswania, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at Nile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this Monday, January 18th edition of Locked On Dolphins, I am your host Kyle Krabs, and lots of developments over the course of the weekend that are pertinent to your Miami Dolphins, and that's what we're going to get into here on the show. We have uh, some coaching hires from around the league. We have some Senior Bowl additions. We have some announcements for the players that the Dolphins are going to be coaching in the Senior Bowl, and I have some musings on the AFC conference as a whole, the AFC playoff conference. It was very apparent, and this is where we'll start today's show, when you're watching the AFC and the NFC playoffs, right? In the NFC divisional round is Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and then Jared Goff. So three quarters of the quarterbacks remaining in the NFC playoff picture entering this past weekend are, quote-unquote, the old guard, the guys that have been around the block. The guys that have dominated the championship game opportunities year over year over year over year over year over year over year year year, uh, throughout the course of the past 15 to 20 years at the NFL level. Then you look on the AFC side of things. Every single starting quarterback for the final four teams remaining in the AFC was drafted in the 2018 or 2017 NFL draft. Josh Allen Number seven overall, 2018. Patrick Mahomes, number 10 overall, 2017. Baker Mayfield, number one overall, 2018. Lamar Jackson, number 32 overall, 2018. The AFC very suddenly uh, has experienced a power vacuum uh, with the departure or regression of a lot of the quote unquote old guard prominent presences. In the AFC. you know Tom Brady leaving to go to the NFC. Big win for everybody. Not named the New England Patriots. Real shame. You hate to see it. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and what Ben Roethlisberger looked like this year, never mind what their record was this year. It was pretty clear once the team got to 11-0, started sniffing their own farts and telling you how much they didn't stink, that this was an overrated football team and they got punched in the mouth by the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. And Ben Roethlisberger looked like a complete and total shell of himself for the entirety of the season, to be honest. Phillip Rivers with the Chargers, gone to the the Colts, another quarterback looking like a shell of himself. All of your quote-unquote usual suspects, they're gone, which leaves this wide-open field in the AFC and I asked myself, where do the Dolphins fit into this picture? Where are Miami's forecasts moving forward? And, and regardless of what their offseason looks like, with how they've aligned their assets, the, the age of their roster, the coaching staff being what we believe it is, Miami is very well positioned to be relevant. But can you be a winner? Can you win, can you avoid becoming an also-ran who is a consistent presence in the postseason because the Cleveland Browns appeared to have hit a home run with a higher Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick of 2018. That team's not going anywhere. The Baltimore Ravens consistently, routinely, well-run football team. They're not going anywhere. Pittsburgh may experience a little bit of a purgatory situation at quarterback, but they're never going to be bad. The Buffalo Bills are not going away. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going away. The Indianapolis Colts are another team. Maybe you have a quarterback purgatory situation on your hands. But the AFC is going to be very competitive over the next three to five year window. And where Miami fits in that depends on how big of a home run, ground roll double, slow roller up the line, or complete strikeout they hit this offseason. I'm not going to sit here today and implore the team to go in any one individual direction. Uh, but what I would ask this team to do this offseason is to be bold. I thought drafting Tua Tongvaloa when you considering his medical situation and the uncertainty in the pre-draft process at number five was bold. We will see. Time will tell just how much that decision pays dividends. But no matter what direction they go this off season, whether it's super aggressive, whether they they aim high uh, in the draft and they make ambitious selections, you know, do you do you run the gauntlet with Alabama players and try and become Crimson Tide Southeast? Do you make a, a trade out of the number five pick, um, to try and get better value and, and you're unashamed about taking Najee Harris at 18 overall. You no, know, it's bold. Do you sign Allen Robinson to a $20 million a year contract? Do you trade for Deshaun Watson? Like, regardless of what direction they choose to go, be bold because the foundation's now been established. Miami's defense, the core of this team, the identity of this team, is in place. And Miami has, despite the letdown Week 17, I do think the Dolphins have a potential championship-caliber defense on their hands. We went through last week the punch list of the things that need to get better. Nickel corner, designated pass rusher, inside linebacker. You improve in all three of those areas, this roster defensively is going to be able to, to win a lot of football games. How do you create explosive plays? This was another thing that we had mentioned last week. Steve Sarkeesian, you know, everybody was all enamored about Sarkeesian potentially being the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins before he took the head coaching job at the University of Texas. It's a coaching clinic lecture, and he's talking about, you know, you have to be able to manufacture explosive plays because to rely on all 11 players for a 10 to 12-play drive that none of them screw up and execute at a high level, 12 consecutive plays, it's a really high ask if you can generate and manufacture explosive plays whether that changes with who's catching the passes, who's blocking, who's throwing, whatever. You know, we're not going to get into any of those hypotheticals today. The Dolphins need to swing for the fences because the power vacuum is present. Patrick Mahomes is always going to be here, uh, but this Kansas City team, you know, we saw when we played Kansas City, they were there to be had. And the Dolphins led a five-minute stretch between the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half, steamroll to 21 consecutive points. And it got real ugly real quick. The Cleveland Browns were on the precipice, even before Patrick Mahomes got hurt, of pushing Kansas City to the brink. An extension. The Buffalo Bills were in a dogfight against the Indianapolis Colts in the wild card round. A game the Colts, you could argue, should have won. Those are the top teams. Miami is not particularly close as far as their offensive depth chart right now. But the Dolphins can move the needle very quickly. And the Dolphins have one of the coaching staffs that we should trust the most based on the two-year sample size and the trend lines of this team. So I just couldn't help but have that observation as I'm watching the AFC playoffs and say, wow, like these are not your usual suspects. Of course, Kansas City was the big breakout team last year. Buffalo playing in a conference championship game for the first time since 1994. Cleveland, had they would have won, would have been in their first conference championship game appearance since 1990. We were one Cleveland Browns touchdown. We were a Rashard Higgins fumble into the end zone away from having two teams play for a berth in the Super Bowl that had not appeared, combined, in an AFC Championship game since 1994. Think about it. So the question for the Dolphins now is, why not us? Why can we not be the next one? To buck the trend and make a run. And that all comes from what they choose to do offensively, what the hiring process looks like for offensive coordinator, and of course what decisions they make from a personnel perspective. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can help you get there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected bikes, mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you on thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes. Always available when you need them, and unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL to get started. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com NFL to get started. The Dolphins personnel decision-making process this offseason just took a little bit of a turn this morning uh, because what the Senior Bowl has been doing throughout the course of the weekend is releasing the list position by position for which players on the Senior Bowl roster, both the Miami Dolphins and Carolina Panthers, will be coaching. Thus far, we've gotten through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and some interesting availabilities for the Dolphins starting first and foremost with the addition that came through just this morning. This was not on the official ledger uh, and we do not know which team is going to be getting this player, but Alabama wide receiver Devonta Smith has committed to the 2021 Reese senior bowl. So the Dolphins, uh, we still need to confirm what side of the fence he's going to be on But nevertheless, he's going to be at the event, which is a a huge surprise. He was not on the initial announcements, and uh, he was not on the list of which receivers the Dolphins would be coaching based on Jim Nagy's first announcement. Uh, The receivers that were on the list for the Dolphins at the wide receiver position specifically, because that's where so much of our interest lies this offseason. Kay Johnson from South Dakota State. Demetric Felton, who played running back. He's kind of a gadget player for the UCLA Bruins. Nico Collins from University of Michigan. Ben Skaronik from Notre Dame slash Northwestern. Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State. Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. Frank Darby, Arizona State. Des Fitzpatrick, University of Louisville. What stands out the most to me? The names that jump the most to me. Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan. Nico Collins, University of Michigan. Uh, Kay Johnson, small school kid, nice little route runner. Expect he's probably going to be a day three prospect. The metric Felton, kind of a gadgety player. Doesn't really move the needle too hard for me because the Dolphins have a number of those players already. Maybe not as explosive as Felton, but you know, between limbo and the Malcolm Perry, I think they got enough there. Ben Skoronek reminds me of another Notre Dame six foot five white receiver and Jeff Samarja uh, from back in like 2006 to 2008. Uh, not a real good separator. He's almost exclusively a high-point uh, red zone target. Tylen Wallace is a name we could talk about a little bit more in depth. Uh, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. His peak was 2018. He posted nearly 1,500 yards. For his career at Oklahoma State, he's averaged just about 17 yards per reception. Good vertical ball tracking ability. But I'm not quite sure, you know, all of those narrative questions that are asked about Devonta Smith, how physical he is, how fast is he, how explosive is he. Um, at the very least, Devonta Smith, who we're hoping is added to this list for the national team, which is the team the Dolphins are coaching, he plays with explosiveness. He plays with functional strength. Uh, Tylen Wallace is a vertical pass catcher, and I think depending on who the offensive coordinator is, the, the style of system that they bring into play here, there could be a reasonable chance this is a mid-round target for the Dolphins, but he's not super savvy as a route runner. Uh, he wins on go, on go routes and deep routes, and he plays in an offense that is wide open in Oklahoma State. I'm not super enamored by him despite his production. Dwayne Eskridge, 5'9", 190, uh, has an electric laser-timed 433 40 yard dash on his resume already uh, that he ran with the program at Western Michigan. He is lightning in a bottle. So you start thinking about potential run-after-catch targets, guys who can create and take catches in stride and create things and allow things to happen with the ball in their hands. That is Dwayne Eskridge in a nutshell. So that is a prospect that excites me to have on this team for the Dolphins to be hands-on with. The other one that does excite me, Nico Collins, University of Michigan. Uh, He is, if the Dolphins want more size, right? They want to upgrade. If they still want to maintain, we want size and physicality on the boundary or on the perimeter, and we'll go with more fluid guys in the middle of the field. Nico Collins is... Preston Williams with all six Infinity Stones was the way I put it on social media. As far as he's six foot four, he's like two twenty. He's very explosive. He ran a four four five uh, at the University of Michigan. Uh, that was another electric time. You maybe add a little bit of time onto that. Michigan likes to juice their numbers a little bit, uh, but very 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 explosive football player. He's a little bit hidden because he played at Michigan, and the quarterback play at Michigan has been a dumpster fire for the entirety of his career there with the Wolverines. But I think there's a lot of potential for him to become a better pro than what he was college player. Um, he doesn't have the softest of hands, but neither does Preston Williams. So I compare and contrast him to Preston Williams. He's faster than Preston Williams. I would argue he's probably stronger than Preston Williams. He's more explosive than Preston Williams. He has better ball skills than president. Like, you go through the list, he is a better version of this player all the way across the board. Probably going to have to be a second-round pick. You know, maybe pick number 50 would be the spot to peg him. And you think about a lot of the really good wide receivers in the NFL, they are players that were targeted in the mid-second round. You think about A.J. Brown with the Titans, who was a mid-second-round pick. You think about D.K. Metcalf was 64 overall. Terry McLaurin from Ohio State was 76 overall. You go through the list, Allen Robinson was a mid-second round pick. Opportunities to add, and and there's going to be physical specimens there, and and that's another conversation for another day as far as, you know, how the Dolphins choose to draft and address the wide receiver position. But uh, the senior ball, adding Devonta Smith, big win for the Dolphins. Now we just have to play the waiting game and find out what roster he's been assigned to. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good. It blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less. Up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a changeup in your diet, visit buildbar.com. Use promo code Locked On, and you can save 20% off your next order of Build Bar. That's buildbar.com. Promo code Locked On to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. The NFL playoffs are here, and while the Dolphins are not qualified, it does not mean you cannot still be a winner this winter. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for all of your online sports bets, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sports book experts the rest of the players the dolphins are currently scheduled to they'll be releasing another position group this afternoon here but not as of the time of this recording unfortunately so we're just going to have to play the long game and wait and see uh, but quarterbacks and wide and running backs for the dolphins assigned for the senior bowl uh, dolphins quarterbacks Notre Dame's Ian Book Texas's Sam Ellinger Arkansas, former Florida Gator, Felipe Franks. The running back position, the Dolphins assigned Oklahoma's Ramondre Stevenson, North Carolina's Michael Carter, and Virginia Tech's Khalil Herbert. Uh, Stevenson is an interesting name, really big physical back. Michael Carter is a really nice, kind of well-rounded, almost gives you a lot of what Miles Gaskin gives you from a versatility standpoint, being able to do a little bit of everything. I look over on the other side of the fence and... The, the backs that Carolina got, there's none that I'm mad that we didn't get. And I look over at the, the Carolina quarterbacks, and there's none that I'm really mad that we didn't get either. Maybe Jamie Newman. So that's where we stand on the senior bowl front. Uh, we are a week away from everybody kind of descending into Mobile for this year's event. Uh, found out Devonta Smith got added to the roster. It's a huge win. Uh, throughout the course of this week, we'll kind of be periodically checking in on what Jim Nagy is releasing as far as what players the Dolphins get for the event as well. So we talked about everything other than uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, who are killing us with their head coaching hire. Chargers win. Called an audible. Everybody had been assuming Bill's offensive coordinator Brian Dable was going to be the head coach hired for the Chargers. What he did with Josh Allen, you extrapolate that to working with Justin Herbert, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, they didn't go that way. They hired Brandon Staley last night, and this is, you know, I, I, I don't want to spend too much time invested on like what others are doing, uh, but as we talked about a little earlier, this AFC conference. Picture for the next three years, uh, it's very crowded, but it's very open, and, and there's there's opportunities to be had. And these Bills were in a position to lose a really valuable piece of what they do in Brian Dable getting a head coaching job, and the Chargers kind of went off the script. So now, if we are hopeful that Brian Dable is to not be the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills in 2021 and beyond. Now you have two teams left to give you hope. One of them is the Houston Texans. And the other one is the Philadelphia Eagles. And if I were Brian Dable, if I were a perceived, highly coveted offensive mind, I'm not picking either one of those two teams. And the reason why is this. The scene in Philadelphia has management and ownership mandating that Carson Wentz be committed to as the long-term quarterback. If you're a head coach... Do you want to be strapped by a mandate that a player who played terribly last year because you paid him a bunch of money and you invested a draft pick into has to be your guy? No, of course not. You want to be able to to coach a team and make your own decisions. So I'm not going to Philadelphia, and I'm not going to Houston because for all I know, Deshaun Watson is getting ready to hit the ejection button and get the hell out of town. So if I'm Brian Dable, and those are my two options for head coaching vacancies, I'm staying in Buffalo for another year. And that makes for more headaches for the Dolphins. So, Matt Canada, presumably getting promoted within the Steelers organization from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. That's a play caller off the books for the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel, San Francisco run game coordinator, reportedly in position to get a promotion within the 49ers organization. That's another candidate off the books. The Chargers just hired a defensive-minded head coach. Their quarterbacks coach last year was Pep Hamilton, who is another one of the Dolphins' shortlist nominees. We're running the risk, you know, if they do an internal study of their coaching staff and they want to retain Pep Hamilton, Miami's kind of getting to that juncture where it's it's high time to make a decision. And I understand that you want to commit to the right candidate, and maybe they have their eyes on somebody who's off the reservation right now, who's on one of these playoff teams. It wouldn't be Eric Biennemi. No. Biennemi would not leave working in Kansas City to come and be somebody else's offensive coordinator. When he leaves, it'll be for a fair head coaching job. So just kind of keep your ear to the ground. I will certainly do so. And when something happens, we'll talk about it here on the show. Um, But my expectation was by today, at some point, Miami was going to make a decision. It's 930. I haven't heard anything. That's not to say that they won't make a decision today or that they won't still get their guy. But it is something of note. It's something to notice. It's something to, to monitor. Because as other spots get filled, the waterfall effect trickles down to the Dolphins. So Chargers, you screwed us. we got to deal with Brian Dable-led offense for another year in Buffalo, most likely, unless he ends up taking one of these two jobs. And regardless, now we have to sweat about another potential external offensive coordinator candidate getting the job somewhere else because the Chargers took a defensive coach instead of an offensive coach which they were assumed to do. So, uh, fun times <laughs> here for Dolphins fans, but hey, You know, we are entering into a critical offseason. We talked earlier about how the Dolphins are primed and need to be aggressive in this window. You cannot be shy. you got to make some noise, but do so responsibly, right, no matter what it is. As long as it is financially responsible, it leaves you flexibility moving forward, and it leaves you talent flexibility to pivot and adjust your roster on the fly as you go, then swing away. Come up with the best game plan, whatever it looks like, for how to improve this roster. And let's live up to the standard that we set in the exit interviews with the South Florida media, Brian Flores and Chris Greer. Introduce competition at every position on the roster because that is what is going to get everybody better. And the Dolphins are in no position as a team not very far removed from the rebuild that they had to turn their nose up at adding talent at any position. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. But step one... Let's get an offensive coordinator in the books. Hopefully that process is coming to a close. Make sure you hit subscribe here on Locked On Dolphins so you can stay up to date with all of your Miami Dolphins news, your team, every day. We don't just say it, we live it. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening. I'll talk with you guys tomorrow for Power to the Pot.